recorded live. You're now tuned into the VMware Community Podcast, your number one source on VMware news and updates, interviews with V experts, product updates, new launchings, VMware events, and much more. Join the conversation and welcome to VMware Community Podcast. Now live with Eric Nielsen. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 623. My name is Eric Nelson. With me today, I have my regular co-host, Matt Lungeth. Today's Wednesday, September 21, 2022. Matt, how's it going? Eric, so almost the end of September. It's unbelievable. It just seems like a couple of weeks ago that we were starting to talk about Explorer. Here we are. We're through Explorer. We're talking about Explorer Europe. Uh, I was able to post event, have a little bit of a travel time. We did Lake Tahoe, Carson City, up to Reno, swung through Sacramento. I wasn't able to unfortunately join you the last couple of weeks to talk about the weather. It was over 109 when we came back through uh, Sacramento uh, prior to flying through through the uh, U.S. Uh, Labor Day holiday uh, through on Monday. Uh, but really enjoyed the event. I'm sure we're, we're going to talk about all that. I'm privileged to say that a friend, colleague, and uh, someone that has been a personal mentor of mine for several years, the infamous Mr. Ariel Sanchez is joining us today. Uh, to talk things all about Explore, uh, the community, and where we are headed uh, at the end of 22 into 23. But, sir, before we get to all of that, my favorite questions of you, how are things out on the West Coast? How is the weather? And most importantly, what is the color of the bay today? Matt, I got to say, before I get into that, uh, I can't wait to see your expense report when you turned it in. You're going to have a mileage, you know, 50 cents a mile times like 2,842 miles. We're going to owe you like $20,000 for your, quote, drive to explore. I got that gig now. That's that's what's going to happen. Uh, let's see the weather here in Northern California. We've had rain. It has been uh, cool, 72, 68, 72. I don't know. We got a storm coming up and it's been humid and rain. I think we got like uh, an inch up north and maybe a quarter inch in the Bay Area. So it's good to get wa water here. Happy about that. Uh, and uh, the weather today is it's raining again. We've got some sprinkles and rain. So uh, we're all really happy about that because it's a drought here in California. So wonderful not to have the dust storms running around right now and the fire season. Can't way to talk to Ariel as well. But before we do that, Corey, uh, good to see you as well. What's going on in Utah? Uh, weather's been great. Uh, high 70s to mid 80s. Uh, beautiful outside. We had a storm come in last week. You know, beautiful thunderstorm roll through Utah. So always enjoy that. All right. Cool, cool. So, uh, yeah, before we get to Ariel, let's talk about VMworld Europe. Uh, Europe, Reg is open. If you didn't get to VMworld US, uh, I would say that it was a lot of fun. Everybody's super excited and jazzed about it. Even upper management, uh, Hawk from Broadcom, everybody's talking about they get the community now, right? They get the community. They actually came back to me and said, how much money do you need for Europe? You know, you will write you the check, you know, go do Europe. Uh, the community is absolutely important. They, they got it. Laura got it, looked around and went, oh, the ecosystem that we bring to the table is crazy. They got it. So they funded us for 
for Europe. Uh, they funded CTAB for Europe. Um, There's just they turned everything funding on for for this back half of the year for Europe as well as you know other things that we need. So that was good. So I expect Europe to be a lot of fun. We've got the community booth. We've got uh, Alistair is going to be there. He's got sponsorship, so he's going to be run the brow bag sessions, uh, the code lab stuff with the Nooks uh, to do sensors and smart desktop programming stuff. That's turned on. Allison Crooker, who runs the sessions, uh, gave me some space for that. So should be a, a good time uh, at Barcelona. So if you're in Europe and you want to come by for a day or two, there's a lot of fun things there. Um, we ordered the second set of Nooks. So Corey, we got those underway and we're shipping boxes awesome. of Nooks to the, all of the experts. So that's all happening. So uh, again, Europe, November 7th through the 10th, go register. You know, Content I've been catalog is now live for the event. That's right. Yep. And I think that uh, Matt's session, speaker sessions went out last night. So if you are got notified to be a speaker, uh, those were supposed to go out last night. I'm sure there's going to be a couple ones that are laggers, right, that they're still kind of cleaning up here and there. But uh, I know that they had to get those out because I believe Schedule Builder goes live on the 29th of this much, which is only eight days away. So uh, everything's in full gear now, right, and uh, trying to do that. I, for those people that didn't get their session approved or didn't get notified, uh, I do apologize if you listen to this. Uh, they did have to cut back sessions. They did they, just from the physical space perspective. Um, we were trying to, even though we have extra budget to get extra space, the physical space criteria that they booked based on the assumptions they made for VMworld US and so forth is what it is, right? And so there is one thing of, oh, you have budget. We, we understand it now. Now we go to the event team. They're like, yeah, we got a closet. You can you can have that extra, extra closet over there if you want. So they, they do have constraints on space, which meant they had constraints on session rooms. So they kind of planned that accordingly. And even though we want to do more, it's all space challenge. So if you didn't get your session approved, um, we Which, if you blogged about it or you vlogged yeah. about it and the session is uh, publicly available and it's something that you would wish to share in this forum, send us a DM, right? Send myself a DM at GSXESX and we can look at possibly getting you on the schedule. I know we're fairly booked between now and the end of the year, but coming into Q1 of next, we can look at the possibilities of maybe having you on the show and using this forum uh, to present your presentation. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely, we're just adjusting to what this means and what it looks like. And so don't feel too bad. And then I know for VMware Code and vBrownBag, if you did a session in the US, then we marked, you know, unless you were super popular, like, you know, uh, Fear the Beard, Kyle Ruddy, or William, others, um, uh, we probably didn't accept you for Europe. We tried to save the Europe. So, and then one, if you were sessions uh, for code or V Brown bag that were from Europeans, we gave you high priority, right? So if you're from Europe and you're coming to Europe to do a thing, we marked you as, yeah, because we had, I think in the US, we probably had room for 80 sessions across uh, the three days. Uh, Europe is a little longer. They're doing Monday and so we got but we only have one theater, so instead of two, so that meant that. But we had yeah, what we gained day. in days, we yeah, lost yeah, we in theater in space. So, so what we did was prioritize anybody from Europe that hadn't been to the U.S. to speak. We we make sure we made sure you got in, and then secondly, we looked at people that did speak in the U.S. but were super popular. Or no, second was if you hadn't spoken all yet, 
and you weren't from Europe, but you're going to fly over to Europe. Sure. We give you priority. And then third, um, if you were super popular in the U S like there were like four people that, you know, standing room only up the elevators, we let you go. And then the rest, we kind of said, nah, well, if we could fit you in, we did. So that's how we did that. So, um, those notices went out yesterday, schedule builder opened the 29th and we're excited about everything that's going to be happening. And Corey, I can't wait to find out whether you're going to be there or not, you know, yeah, find yeah. out this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Look, looking, looking good. I'm sure. I'm sure that'll happen. I'm, I'm, I'm positive. I'm hoping uh, so. All right. Back to the show agenda. So Ariel Sanchez, um, welcome to the show. I know we want to try to hook up with you at the show itself at, in, at VMware Explore US. We kind of do a podcast, but uh, we, we're, we're getting finally to this today. Um, first of all, tell us who you are. Give us the three minute of elevator pitch. How did you get here in the VMware ecosystem? Of course. Thank you for having me. Ariel Sanchez. I am from Costa Rica and I work for VMware in the US as a staff technical account manager. So Matt Langeth and I are colleagues. And uh, before coming to VMware five years ago, I used to be a VEMA leader and a B Brownback host. So I was very much when I started studying for certifications, finding all that great content the bloggers put out, uh, finding the great conferences and side conferences at VMware, at VMworld. So, you know, I've, I've been uh, a community, uh, a person that loves the community for quite a while, even before being a, an employee. And now that I'm an employee, I really try to stick to those roots. So I really try to work with VMUGs, uh, whether it's at user cons or local VMUGs. So um, you'll probably find me telling people, get on Twitter and speak at your VMUG. That's, that's my thing. I was just looking for the scar to see where they did the lobotomy because once you go to like account management, don't they have to take like three quarters of your brain out and put it on a shelf somewhere? And like, put it it, it, you know, it, it is hard. You have to fight for it uh, with your managers and, and you have to show the value, right? And and you have to tell them what came out of going to the VMUG and presenting at the VMUG and why you thought it was important. Like, how does that impact your quota? Like uh, in a month, <laughs> me and Corey will tell you that uh, – half the conversations is like um so how does this impact the lead gen uh you know numbers you know how many how many contacts are we going to get from yeah. that event for that yeah. like, there's uh, there's people in the company that that that's their language right yes. and, yeah, and thankfully exactly. i work in a in a part of the company where we're focused on customer satisfaction so right. for me being able to even show the value of emux to my customers of the actual tam engagements is part of how i can make them more ingrained in the community how i can help them stay up yeah. to date it well helps. And I know Matt, you're also, you know, not a community person, just like Ariel, you carry Ariel, I'm sure you carry, you know, numbers that you have to meet and, you know, satisfy customers and get a customers on board on Matt, you're the, in the same boat. You're like in the, your, your professional job is Tam, right. And, uh, and your bill is right. Yeah. And so I was trying to think how me and Corey could also get billable somehow. And that would be good, you know, as we transition to Broadcom world, I got to like figure out how to carry quota or something. You, you just let, let me know. We'll, we'll hook you up. Matt and I know a lot of people. Yeah, there you go. I've always wanted to do that. It's on my bucket list, but uh, maybe not. It gets in the way of nap time at, at two o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. Like what? <laughs> nap time. I don't think I could. I don't think I could work that hard. Uh, anyway, today we thought we'd just kind of do a traditional community roundtable, right? Where we talk about you know uh, what expectations were out of uh, VMware Explore, right? Um, so Ariel, uh, first start with like I know you you were. Big 
busy, right? Did you engage with community? What was your, what was your thoughts around community? What was your thoughts around Explorer? Give us your takeaway uh, from an outsider, like, you know, or at least uh, as an account manager and an yeah. ex community guy, like what, what was your takeaways? It was a different one for sure. You know, starting on, was it Tuesday instead of Monday that threw everybody up for a loop, but Hey, I know, I know my people. I was there since Saturday night in San Francisco. I knew that some people were already like, hey, I'm, I'm arriving from Australia or something. And then the night of Sunday, I think we had the VM Underground party, which was like a big hug fest. Like everybody that has not seen uh, their friends, their V community friends mm -hmm. in two, three years were able to find each other and see each other. And you know, it's it's right before the storm, right? Right before you actually have to go work and meet with your customers or do things or do presentations. It was a nice night out. And uh, right after that, uh, I think Monday, even though it wasn't the official kickoff, it was still pretty busy. You know, you were still working. Uh, my customers were there since Sunday, so I was already working since Sunday. And uh, what I definitely liked was the energy that we had. You know, I think the actual attendance was 10,000, 11,000. But the energy, everybody was so happy to be there. Everybody was so happy to hear the announcements. And we'll, we'll go deeper into that in a little bit. But everybody was so appreciative to have VMworld or VMware Explorer back. Yeah, I, I, I know I felt that way. I just felt happy, right? Like unusually happy. Like I, I can just walking around, I was happy all the time. And then I saw Matt the first time coming up the street and I was like, oh my gosh, like I forgot how tall Matt was, right? Like, and it was like, you know, gave him a hug. It was like, it, it is a very strange thing to see people and that just happiness that you felt, right? Then to run into Corey, same thing. Like these are people that you're Zooming with every day for like two years. And then there, I, it's a weird thing because I'm almost like, I feel like I had no clothes on too. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually seeing these people for real, like in physical, like it's a look at me. It's like, I'm so used to being behind the glass. I, I don't have to have any pants on if I don't want to, right? I can just sit, sit here in my underwear, whatever. It just doesn't matter. Well, that it, a, it also felt time. weird for some people like they, they had been, you know, masking, they had been guarding themselves at home and suddenly you're in ten, a place where 10,000 people are. So it was like a whoosh. Okay. I think, I think we're done with COVID, I guess, because it's everybody's out here and we're all having a lot of fun, right? Yeah, it, it does. I did mask because I, I spent time masking and it's good because I ran into at least two people that then tested positive for COVID the next day. And uh, so I was happy that I had my mask on. But you know what? There was plenty of times when I took it off because it was only one or two people. And you're like, OK, it's like not it's not 30 people in a bar. It's two yeah. people. Right. And uh and so, yeah, I'm happy with that. And now I've got the four or five shot. So in Europe, I'm not going to wear a mask at all, right? Because I've got the the booster for five, which is supposed to be good for six, which is like, okay, fine, I'm done, right? It's good. That was good. And then I thought it was really cool just being in CTAB, seeing the senior guys running enterprises and getting to listen to their stories. Like I talked to people like how many cloud migrations are they doing? Like almost everybody has got some data center that is migrating to the cloud and uh, listening to them try to manage cloud workloads and how do they deliver cloud workloads to cheaper. I know there's, Starbucks was telling me how they're managing all the workloads based on the cost of cloud services for that week. Right. Like, and then they, they want to use Arial to, to, to do some of that. Right. So, or area, area, not me. I'm thinking Arial. <laughs> like, what do we call it? Area, area, yeah, area, area. Yeah. 
area. The announcements of how to manage that and just the excitement of the new tech that was coming and how they were really kind of buying into the multi-cloud story. And then others raising their hands, you know, in the VMUG leadership meeting, just going, you know what, we just want vSphere 8 content. Where is all the vSphere 8 content, right? So it was a mixture of everybody, but it just felt like, wow, I'm actually hearing real customers asking for stuff that they needed, right? Which was, was really, really interesting. And, and you, you can't imagine how much my, my customers were at CTEB, how much they appreciate it because they can listen to others, right? They, you know, customers after a, a certain level of, of sophistication, I would say, they want to hear what the vendor says, but they also want to hear what other customers are doing, right? So they, they really enjoy those. And yes, vSphere 8 is... Uh, personally, for me, I've been reading William Lamb's William Lamb's uh, log for years. I've known Dave Morera for years, and seeing them on stage and talking about everything that's coming out with VCR8, VSAT8, and and Aria, and all the other announcements that we had, you know, it definitely made me jacked and jazz and all those things. Yeah, Matt, what was your what was your expectations, and how did they turn out? I think it it's beneficial to think of where we were at at the last in-person event where we were at in 19, right? Where multi-cloud was this concept that some of more of our more advanced customers were thinking about and had maybe particularly deployed proof of concepts or they maybe had one data center in, but it wasn't necessarily cloud native or they were starting to look at migration strategies and some had maybe ran into you know some of the, the hesitancy of refractoring and whatnot. But now it's, I, I look at it in the framework of where have we been or where is the industry at since we, the last time that we were able to meet in person? Well, now what we were talking about before is a theoretical operating movement or operating mentality for these large enterprises and global organizations isn't so much a theoretical concept, right? The, the industry is now at that pace. We're talking about multi-cloud tenancy. We're talking about cloud operations first and how to manage all of that. And then not only manage it as far as an on-prem to hyperscaler migration, but then from hyperscaler to hyperscaler or hyperscaler even back on-prem. And then the cost analysis and health analysis to do all of those operations. And this isn't theory. This is something that these large global enterprises and global orgs as a whole are currently doing. And now we're in that position to help those customers make that those, those cloud adoptions and cloud adoption plays to those hyperscalers via technologies like vSphere 8 and RA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Corey, before you have to bail, uh, I did want to loop back to you and and say like, so you you got to man the booth. I was off doing code stuff the whole time. Like, uh, was it good to see everybody? Uh, how did how, you know, how did that feel? Or were they just basically there to get their nook and then they were like, see you later. Thanks for you the know, box. You know, you know, some were uh, very few. I mean, you know, for the most, I mean, it, it's always that's always my my favorite part of the job is going to the conference and seeing the V experts in person, right? It really is, and go have a beer with the V experts and spend the the day and the evening with everyone. Um, it, it was absolutely my favorite part of you know the past two years. Um, I was at the booth the entire time. Um, I, I don't even know if I had a schedule or not. I just showed up in the morning and, and left when the show was at, when the show was over. 
Um, I, I'm hoping to go to uh, uh, Barcelona, and uh, I really want to see the V experts over in Europe. Um, I surely hope I can get there because that's uh, like I, I know the community booth and the two theaters, V Brown Bag and Code, were crowded, right? Oh, yeah, standing mm -hmm. because we messed up on seat assignments, that kind of stuff. But like, were people hanging around afterwards chatting and and, and just spending time seeing yep. other people? Like, where that was that going on as well? Yeah, that was going on as well. That was going on inside the booths as well as just outside the booth. You'd see crowds of, of people just sitting there chatting. Yeah. Good. Corey, I'm going to give you a shout out in front of your boss too. That the number of people that I was there as we worked the booth together that came up to you personally and thank you for some of the things that you've been able to do to help them within their career and promote with their their advocacy that of promoting VMware products uh, was pretty incredible. And we know that there's a lot of that on your shoulders. And uh, thank you uh, again from as a member of the community from what you've been able to do. Uh, to, to bring us all up to a, another level of community involvement and promoting our own personal brand. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, thank you for that, Matt. I really, really appreciate that. I, I get a lot of thank yous on email um, that I don't, I don't bring up much, but uh, I, I reply to every email I possibly can and, uh, you know, make sure I can help as, as much as possible for the community. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, good. Well, uh, back to Ariel and just say so, you know, we obviously mentioned vSphere 8. What was your takeaway from a standpoint of what we announced? What what got you most excited? You know, there's a, a part of, of vSphere 8 that I think nobody has really understood yet, which is vSEN. vSEN 8 is revolutionary. It's, it's a whole other game. I, I don't think people have yet caught on at how much of a difference in performance, how much of we, we have to reestablish all the architectures that you used to know with vSAN. We can do way more than we used to do. I can tell you, when I worked with uh, retail customers that had small locations, we can do less nodes at the locations. It is taking advantage of new hardware. You know, it's it, minimum 25 gig NICs. It's going to fly. So I don't think enough people are talking about how revolutionary this next generation of vSEN is. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't spent any time looking at it, right? So it, it uh, you know, it's one of those quiet ones where I think the vSEN marketing group went away, right? Where they just kind of pulled it into SDDC or cloud or whatever we call it, right? Like they consolidated the marketing groups. Used to have a marketing group for NSX, we'd have a marketing group for vSAN, and then we had a marketing group for vSphere and the and the typical, you know, SCDC environment. They pulled all that together, and then I think it just all became the cloud infrastructure right and so the marketing side of the house i think has been slower on not not only the vsan but even vsan 8 we didn't even mention it there was no 28 well, days of happiness or anything so i think there's a lot I, of missing marketing there i can tell you as a tam we're just waiting for the release to manufacturing or ga to hit because nobody wants to you know have a lot to say until we actually ship it right but you know when when i when i go back to to visa a little bit Think about what the, that what that does for VMware Cloud on AWS or any of the hyperscalers or even BCF, right? Suddenly, if when we have this next generation rolled out, you're gonna get so much more performance out of the same credits, possibly, I don't know for sure, but out of the same service that you were getting before. So I think it's gonna be very impactful and I think people are just starting to, to realize it. And yes, uh, what you were saying before, I completely agree. Yeah, 
yeah, but uh, but th this stuff has to be again. Uh, you're right. When GA shows up and people get to start playing with it, and we start seeing blog articles on it, and they actually see the numbers, right? The, then then you know you get momentum that way as well, right? So yeah. When we even look even William Lamb that has been blogging on on you know some of the advanced builds. Uh, he's already releasing some really good content of what the differences are and he always thinks of home levers so he's already saying hey i tried it running it on a on a nook and it worked fine but notice this thing so no we, we're all chumping at the bit here <laughs> nice nice yeah i know i i uh, started i started provisioning a new home lab machine yesterday right um one of my super micros right put seven on it waiting to upgrade it to eight right so that i can start playing with it myself because it's it's that time of the the broadcom world here where i'm like you know i need to go update my vcp certification right you know maybe play with the latest stuff and get you know, like get technical again because i have a feeling when broadcom comes in they're going to be looking around saying who's doing stuff versus who's playing happy marketing so we'll, we'll, we're doing a little of that too but i'm looking forward to it right should be good always um, a good idea always a good idea in today's in today's space as as we move forward right obviously we have uh europe but let's talk vmug for a little bit so i was i, I got to spend time vmug leaderships and you're not a vmug leader anymore right because now you're and you yeah. yeah yeah you're so, so when you become allowed, an employee yeah. uh what they do allow you to is to remain helping the leaders in what they call a steering committee. And you can also be a VMware liaison, which means that the VMA can always reach out to you when right. they want something. So you can still help. It's just that you can't have the title of VMA leader anymore. Right, right, and I, I know that uh, I know that I learned about this because when there's a new VMUG chapter request, we have to find a liaison inside of uh, VMware to then attach to that new VMUG. So there has to be a liaison for every single VMUG chapter that's out there, and then we have the ability to look through the customer base. They built us a tool that allows us to go through and identify customers within a 200 mile radius, or we can set the radius and then look at the customer lab, look at the SEs who's in that area that could then support that uh, yeah. that local VMUG, right? Which yeah. is just interesting. So yeah, that's exactly what we The organization, how much value we put into the, the VMUG ecosystem, right? If we didn't value th that particular entity, um, we wouldn't assign that resource. It's an important part of how we reach out to the customer base, how we interact with existing users, so much so that we take the time to assign that personnel as that liaison to that local chapter. Yeah, 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 yeah. We do. So, so, so that's that's good. But I I saw stats that say you know X number of VMUG leaders are actually doing meetings, right? That the meetings are happening. And Ariel, you're out. Are you outside of Orlando? I can't remember if you're in Florida. Exactly yeah, in Orlando. Florida. Yeah, and Orlando has one. I know, right? So uh, the the questions are: we, you know, we saw so much energy when it came to explore that I would assume that's going to excite oh, yeah. VMUG leaders, and yeah. we'll start seeing. I think an average VMUG leader has had like 1.5 meetings this year, right? Like yeah. maybe almost two. Some have one. Some have two. Some have had. I think the the leader that had the most meetings had like. 13 meetings so far with his oh, wow. chapter right like so really he was like, every other week or so he, they were getting together <laughs> um 
I no, got to imagine that the, that the explore is going to inject some amount of passion in starting to spin up meetings again, maybe because people aren't afraid to be in rooms anymore, because obviously we all are still alive after having an explore. And I think people are feeling like, OK, maybe maybe knock on cheap plastic here that uh, that the pandemic is winding down. Yeah, no. And, and you're totally right. Uh, whenever we have VMworld or, or VMware Explorer, it's a great moment to go and say, okay, we're going to have a VMUG meeting locally here, and we're going to ask somebody to give a VMware Explorer recap. And that's exactly what I'm doing the day after tomorrow, this Friday, for South Florida. I know Matt Putoff is doing it in Pittsburgh. I know uh, Flesher is doing it in, in mm -hmm. Philly. It, it just... Right. It's one of those events in the year where you're like, okay, everybody's interested to know what we released in VMware Explorer. Most most people know that you know April and October is when we give our out our our big announcements, and so it is always a great time to go to your VMUG uh, because they're definitely if they haven't put it on the calendar yet, they're definitely planning on it, and you get to see your friends, people you might not have seen for a while, and get to learn a lot you know, a summer in an hour and be able to ask questions and talk to each other. It's it's one of my favorite times of the year for, for local VMUG events because of that. Yeah, I, I, t I tend to forget that um, only one out of five IT people from an org, from a company, get to actually go to Explore, right? The other four are at home, you know, doing their day job and they don't, they don't actually get to have that. Somebody right? needs to keep the lights on. Yeah. Right. Well, or just travel budget being what it is. I think it was hard for everybody to Especially this year. Certainly. Yeah, this year. Right. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. And if anybody out there, you know, a, a VMO leader or a VMO member is saying, hey, I want that in my local VMO, reach out to us. We can help you coordinate. We can, we'll find your leaders, your liaison. We'll tell them, hey, here's the deck that I used in South Florida. We're more than happy to, to enable those sessions. Yeah, I was. I, I did get access to the resource speaker resource center. I don't think they call it that, but it's something like that, where you can actually go into a full tool if you're a VMUG leader and you know look through all the CTO content that they submitted. Right, like CTOs have one pagers that they get they give, as well as sets of sessions that are available that uh, leaders can actually come in and, and utilize. Uh, it, it is interesting to to look at that. They're all from VMware. What I'm trying to do for the second half of the year, because I'm now part of VMUG, right? Um, leadership is I'm trying to build a, an extension to that where V Brown bag and community can also submit weird, interesting sessions and have that in there where you can go get trained by Matt. Matt made uh, vSAN implementation on USB chips and, uh, and you know, it burns out after three hours of operation, but he, he did it for fun and he could put his presentation together, submit that and then train other VMUG people to go play with that and get some community focused content for VMUG, local VMUG meetings. So when you go there, it doesn't feel just like VMware giving you product updates the whole time. Right. No, you're, you're totally right. And B. Bramack has always tried to do, you know, if somebody wants to teach it to others, we'll accept it, right? So it's it's a great opportunity. And, and one thing we also have done, especially when, when, when members, right, are presenting, I always used to say, if you're going to be presenting at your VMUG, can I record you and put you on B. Bramack? Because I think it would be a waste for you not to be recorded. And you know, at some day we might we might have like a VMUG member YouTube channel where people can look at sessions. But in the meantime, I'm happy to record people if I can. Yep. 
And, and then there's just, you know, there's always V beers. There's always other V kind of activities that you can do so that we try to, you know, ratchet the, 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 the dial up a little bit when it comes to the community element of community versus the, the, the there's, there's, there's the VMware education CTO kit, all these guys coming, giving you formal presentation. That's always important, right? You know, we got that handled. We do that well. We do that at user cons. Uh, we tend to do that. There's the partner thing that tends to get overplayed because they fund things, right? So there's that element, uh, which is fine. We get some of that. That's always good to have somebody paying for the pizza, right? You know, but then also we have to make sure that there is a big a, a big piece of community there and i feel like the dial has always been pretty high on the partner thing because they're paying for the pizza and medium on the vm vmware side because we always want to stuff something down your throat which is good because we were building tech right but then there is there the lone community content the v brown bag that kind of stuff that's like would be fun to be able to i'd like to see the balance be completely opposite like 70 percent community oriented uh 20 percent uh vmware and 10 percent partner right you know like well and, and you remember i think i think you remember back in one time we did, we did this in pittsburgh for a user con uh where we were had this little group called the little hacks where people would just get together and try to you know right. hey what's this devops things what this git thing what's this how do you read this jaml files so having a community that of people that want to meet no matter what's the topic because right. they know they're going to learn from each other and they're going to hear what others are doing always helps and when you have a community that is healthy and you always have 20 30 people sponsors are looking for you versus you looking for the sponsors right so so it definitely helps to build the community first and then right. everything else will come yeah and and, and that i think we also were a victim of our own success, right? We were very successful. Sponsors really do want to come. And then, you know, then you end up having, you know, more sponsors, right? Uh, which is, which is fine. Right. So, so Matt, uh, I know I've been monopolizing the conversation here. Any, any thoughts or things you want to add? Well, I want to say from over from the EUC's focus, right? So we traditionally think of the Workspace ONE and Horizon stack. And while there were certainly some important announcements that I would encourage everyone to go out and review out on the Explore site uh, from those two products, it was sometimes a little bit about what else is now being included within the EUC suite. And what do I mean that by that? Well, things like what we're calling DEX, Digital Employee Experience, where we're taking machine learning to help to not only troubleshoot first line problems, but then proactively solve them a little bit as far as ways to troubleshoot things within both the horizon and MDM space. And then also things like what we had heard about with from, from FedEx. So Brandon Tolbert, who was part of the EUC keynote, uh, Brandon is a, a FedEx HR VP and he shared the story of how FedEx is now using a branded Workspace ONE Intelligent Hub app as part of their onboarding process for new uh, FedEx employees and contractors. So that that hub now becomes the person's single point of contact from their initial application through onboarding. So these, you know, more adaptive use cases, these really truly business-driven use cases of how we're taking the EUC workflow and EUC product set and really adapting them to creative use cases 
uh, that are causing huge adoption use cases that are that are out there or use adoption um, of that particular product um, by bundling a solution together to meet a business need. So it, it, within the Workspace ONE and EUC product set, it's there is some great announcements and it's, it's Horizon Edge, where we're going with the whole entire rebuild of UEM itself to, to architect it for scale. But then maybe even more importantly, where that whole entire product play is going together of some of these new announcements and new bundling packages that are out there. And you know, being the EUC technologist, being on the, the, the digital workspace side of the technical account management house, that's really got me going. And it got some of the customers going as well of, of the feedback that I was able to receive uh, from members that were out there. So interesting to see where we're, we're headed in the EUC space. I, I want to add something there. You're totally right. One thing, you know, the first thing, the first slides that we saw from, from Ragu was, hey, you know, customers are going from cloud chaos and they're realizing VMware is guiding them to cloud smart. We are doing that across so many different portfolios where we're grabbing all of our software, all of our acquisitions that we brought in and telling customers, hey, we have joined our solutions and we have matured our solutions and they're enterprise ready for whatever you're bringing. And we feel good about our solutions. Give us, you know, give us a try. Look, look at this again, because we have really revamped um, some of the things that you might have complained about one year, two years ago. We are very much mature now. And that's one of the things I see with Aria is that they really said, okay, uh, acquisitions, this and that, that we used to sell separately, it's now coming together. So really happy to see how uh, all the VMware, you know, effort and vision has been coalescing at this point. What, what does the totality of the whole mean actually for the customer, right? What are all these individual products now that we have insight to that and we've had some runway over the last couple of years to build product integrations? And I'm speaking of the entire product portfolio here, right? Where we see now sensors that are out there for carbon black and what we can do with what was the vRealize suite and expanding out that portfolio and how that now plugs into cloud health and where all the opportunities are now coming with what we're sure will be the next-gen VMC platform on the various you know, hyperscalers that are out there. Uh, dare I use the marketing term synergy uh, of product portfolios, but it is really that. It's how, how now that we have all of this out there, how do they start to play well together? And then the back-end AI and intelligence uh, to make life a little bit easier for the day-to-day the -day admin tasks. Um, above and beyond just performance alerting, but like true proactive intelligence and think of it as DRS on steroids or, or DRS plus plus um, for workload like malware migrations. Think about it of host utilization, but then also putting cost component into that or, you know, whatever qualifications else that would be out there for workload redundancy or not only do I have to put it out. Um, think of SPBM. But again, on steroids, not only what, where do now my workloads have to, to lie, but then on a certain SLA behind that for data security, um, that, plus that factoring back. casting in. I mean, it's, this is, this is where the industry is heading it, but, and this but, but, is what the customers it, demanding. It's, it's exactly what Eric was saying that customers not only have to write, make the right architecture decisions like they've always had to do, but they also have to be able to support their decisions financially and you know, perf they have to manage performance and performance per dollar. So it becomes a 
you know, ever, ever since we started with the multi-cloud world, you have to take those things into account. You have to take how complexity into account, uh, operations into account. Uh, it's not just the, what you pay in the in the in the bill. It's every, everything you pay your your people and what they're working on. You know, are they toiling all day or are they actually being productive? So, no, it's it's a it's a it's a great it's a great time to be here. One of one of the things that uh, I'm you know curious about, and Ariel, maybe you can give us some insight into this. Is uh, if you listen to Broadcom, um, Broadcom kind of coming in, Hocktam and others saying, "Hey, look." make what you've already got work and make what you've already got work better right and uh, there's always this tension between the new the next generation you know capturing the new opportunity which requires some amount of tanzu and, and new bells and whistles versus spending your time building for the data center making everything work really good and optimizing and then selling what you've got versus what somebody wants next right and so there's always tension like that, but yeah. I, I see Broadcom coming going, focus on what you've got, make it work really well. Yeah, I, and I love to hear that uh, Matt and I, we work in post sales. So most of the time when we're meeting with customers, we're trying to realize the value, right? If they made an investment, they they made the investment because they want to get something out of it. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that Broadcom is telling us, hey, focus on the customer success, right? Make make sure that they're getting everything they paid for and that they're still happy with us because that's exactly what we do here in TAM. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but we had I had a session that was, hey, how to upgrade uh, to 7 update 3 uh, in the B Brownback stage. And when I went there, it was full. And I was like, all right, uh, how many other sessions for upgrading to 7 were, out, were there out there? And they said, none. This was the only one. So, you know, as a software company, we're always... Yeah, we, 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 these right. guys have a, a roadmap of three years, five years already in the works, but we definitely want to make our customers feel that they don't have to. It's, it's the enterprise software world. And, you know, we're not talking bleeding edge, install the latest version that comes out immediately. Right. Right. There's there's always competing and, and we have a broad spectrum of customer and customer needs. Right. So in particular, I really enjoy working with customers that are the middle and later end of the adoption lifecycle, right. because I really feel that we can, you know, most of the times, the reasons why they are not being more aggressive in their in their software adoption are reasons that can be solved talking, you know, discussing. It's they're not always technical reasons. So a lot of times it's figuring out, it, do we have the bandwidth? Do we have the projects, et cetera, et cetera. But most customers do want to be running latest because we have the great advantage that most of our customers really enjoy our products. So they really, you know, they geek out over being able to use new features. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, that uh, Those conversations. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that somebody had uh, mentioned a term getting ahead of your skis, right? Like, you know, where you, you, know, you get, get too far forward on your skis and you lose balance. Yeah, you right, right. Ahead of, yeah, right. Because it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you can get ahead of yourself, right? It's all great vision, but, uh, you know, and, and then I look at the, I know, but fixing bugs and doing all that is such grungy work, right? That should like, what? now again, we're in marketing. So of course that's, that's, that's the way we feel. Yeah. But you know, it, it's, it's also one of these things that it, it becomes technical debt. If you don't fix it now, it's going to haunt you. It's going to be recurring GSS. You're going to end up with some big enough customer that is going right. to be, Right. enough you know so so you always want to 
you know, ship out the best product that you can, fix out issues as soon as you can. You want to make sure the customers know, hey, this is a, a here's the good reasons why you want to be on latest, right? So no, I appreciate, you know, we, we, we have a, a long history of of working with all types of customers. And in that session, I was I was even surprised to find somebody on, on Fi.x. And I told them, man, you know, it's 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 actually a whole thing to get you to seven. Uh, I, you know, people in six five, six seven, not 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 the whole thing, but but we need to talk about what's the underlying issue. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why are why are you stuck there? Right. You know, why you're not putting time there. Um all right. So back to VMUG. I know we're coming up. We got think about eight minutes left over the top of the hour, right? Um do you think that um we had a conversation about whether we're going to be in a hybrid VMUG mode going forward, right? Where, yes, we all like, there was some feedback that, you know what, I don't, I like meeting everybody once in a while, but I can see just doing more online content, right? Because there are, there is value to just being able to do online content and, you know, uh, engage this way versus being in a studio running a podcast, right? Like, and so, and I don't think we can get back to where we were, right? You're in Orlando, Matt's somewhere else, I'm somewhere else, Julia is somewhere else. Uh, you know, like in the end, we've all kind of got used to this new lifestyle. And as much as I, and I did love, and I will go to more meetings now, there is this moment that maybe we have to do a hybrid environment as we go forward for live streams versus in meetings and sessions. And just like you say, Ariel, like, or Matt, I think you mentioned it like, well, if we don't get to come to VMworld because we didn't have a theater slot for you, you know, we need to be able to put you in a live stream that goes out to, you know, 5,000 people uh, every month. Yeah. The hybrid model creates or breaks down the barrier for what was a delivery mechanism that only allowed for you to consume the content if you're there in person. There was a great presentation at a local VMUG meeting and Ariel or myself or another member of the community that wasn't out there to record it. The blast radius for, for that or the size of the audience was the people in the room. In the room. Yeah. If we do this the, at the, in a hybrid way, or at least have the benefit of recording an in-person presentation, the amount of, of the size of that audience is only limited by what platform that we put it on for public consumption. So yeah, I, I, by, I by putting it out there and making it a hybrid model, or at least recording the the, the meeting, that's all the, the bigger audience that you put it out there to share what is wonderful content. But many people, you don't even know who, who's out there to, to, that may have a similar issue or that they have maybe gone down the next step of what you have already ran into. And for that further collaboration, right, to build that community interaction that, Eric, you were talking about previously, right, where we want to get this back to it being about the community and a little bit less about VMware sales pitches and less about the partner. And the way that we do that is build connections, as we often do in the TAM org, to find out who those similar members are that are running into, into that same issue. And if we make that content publicly accessible, then that helps to build those connections as well. So I, I was going to say that we have actually built the platform that we needed, right? So now every VMUG leadership has a Zoom account. Absolutely. So, so there's... Everything you said, I agree full, full, full heartedly, uh, Matt. But we also have the opportunity now that when people are doing a demo, for example, 
they can do it on Zoom. It's much easier to attend a demo on your own screen than it is at an actual conference or, or yeah, right. in a projector. Yeah. It's, it's always a complicated thing. So what I would say is that this allows us to have more meetings, right? We can have demo meetings or more technical meetings on a screen, and we can have in-person meetings, which are always fun, especially when you need Q&A, which Zoom isn't the greatest for Q&A and asking questions and, all, and especially having that banter within your, your, uh, your local community. The other thing I'll mention is, when you have more meetings, right? If you have, you know, let's say that you used to have three in-person meetings, but you now you're saying, okay, I'm going to do three in-person meetings, but I'm also going to do three Zoom meetings. You just Suddenly, doubled your number of meetings. You, but you also open up the topics because when you only have a few meetings, then it's basically VMworld recap, this and that, and, and you're done. But if you have more meetings, I'll give you a great example. I have some customers that are thinking, hey, well, some customers that I heard of that are thinking, hey, maybe I want to go to Pure instead of EMC. And that could be a whole session inside the community, which I'm pretty sure Pure would be happy to sponsor, right? Uh, but my point is- Or EMC that, to that point. Yeah, or EMC. But my point is that there's, there's the opportunity to not just focus on the big things, but also to focus on a little more niche topics. And for those niche topics, Zoom is probably the best, um, but the best method. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The barrier to adoption of a virtual meeting is nil, right? We don't have to find space. We don't have to necessarily find the sponsor. It, it just, it can happen ad hoc. We have, as VMUG leaders, that license is provided. Yeah, I can definitely see a transition and I'll take this, I'll, I'll take this back to VMUG because uh, we're having some meetings in early October in Tennessee, uh, which is, I feel like the connection engagement stuff should always be, you know, the real meeting, like V beers, pizza, you know, fun little hacky stuff, things that are like, but then you push the serious learning things, uh, you know, whether it's code or whether it's YAML files or whether it's PowerShell or whether it's just a presentation on vSAN, uh, back into the online stuff so that what I come to do is come to drink beers with my fellow friends and do something fun and geeky that's not what I'd normally see in a normal streaming session on YouTube, right? Um, but then then you also have to have this powerful way to deliver the technical content where you're kind of connected. You get to say hi to everybody because how often do I want to have beers with everybody? Like maybe once every other month, right? We get together, have some beers, do some wacky stuff, right? Um, have a hangover the next day, who knows? But then, then I also like to learn with them. I like to see Matt in uh, online streaming. I like to come every Wednesday and see people and engage with them, but I don't have to do it in person. I can have a realistic engagement you know, through Zoom or whatever streaming mechanism we can provide. So I think there's this hybrid approach that's going to end up being the winner. And if you if you think also where where the industry is heading, every VBA can have their own GitHub site where several sure. admins can run yeah. it. You know, we have the forums today, but you can basically tell people, hey, you know, what the code that we discussed in that meeting, it's over there. So you now have a repository that people in locally can also look at and you can share with anybody on the internet. That's that's the beauty of the internet at the end of the day. And it is this balance, as Matt points out, like how much do you, I sit at my desk? How much does my butt hurt sitting here where I do like to get out and, 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 and stretch my legs and try to burn some calories, right? So I think there, there has to be this because I would say the problem with this new model is I'm sitting an awful lot. 
right? An, an awful lot. So, you know, even though it might not be optimal to go somewhere, the learning environment, there is a health element to this that has to be considered, right? So that's the only other thing I'm thinking about is like maybe, maybe we dial the less, you know, more in person just from a health perspective, because I'm not sure that I've got that worked out yet. Like it's interesting. Speaking of unhealthy things, we're at the top of the hour. Uh, Ariel, we always do V barbecue. We, if you ever want to see what Ariel looks like, you can go to uh, YouTube.com/slash V barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, and uh, uh, take a look at the video. We post everything there. You can see what Ariel looks like, so you recognize him if you see him. Uh, barbecue report, uh, Ariel. Do they even allow you to eat barbecue down in Orlando? I don't. I don't know if they do that. Like, of course, so, I have I have several World and Mickey Mouse and Universal Studio. No, 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 no. We have we have a, a good practice here. So I, I bought a house maybe a year and a half ago, and I bought a Weber kettle right after the house. Of course, so I, I, I cook on a Weber. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a Traeger, but my go-to is just a Weber. So Jorge Torres came along, and Matt Craig came along, who are, are well known in our community, and we had steaks, and and they loved it. My my secret. Uh, the, the way that I like to prepare a little rub on the steaks is, of course, salt, but my, you know, salt and, and salt onion. Um, but my, my secret thing is a little um, smoked chipotle, just a little, not too much, not that you can feel it, mm -hmm. but I rub it on the steaks and then I put them on. It gives us such a nice layer there that sometimes you don't even notice that I didn't put pepper on the steak. You can put your pepper on your butt. There are some. Uh, uh, Southern California ranches that make their own rubs, right? For for beef, they don't believe in using sauces or anything, but you can put a rub on. And let me tell you, it's pretty good. Matt, what else do we need to ask Errol before we let him go? Plans for now between the end of the year. What what do you have out there for the community, Errol? You know, helping my beef brown bag community or or any recordings, any, any uh, we talked about your Southern Florida uh, V mug meeting that's coming out. Yeah. Shout out to that yeah. for your your explore so, recap. But what else is out there? So we're also planning to do one for Miami, which is a kind of a newer chapter. And I do know that a good friend of mine, Lucho De Lorenzi, very very smart dude, is moving to Miami. I think in October. So I'm planning to at some point give him the V mug liaison there and get him more involved. And uh, of course, at some point, I have missed my two last Orlando VMUGs, uh, my local, my hometown VMUGs. I missed them because of X or Y, and I really want to go there. So I'll, I'll work with them and see if we can do the same thing here. Um, you know, the other thing that I'm working on, and, and Eric mentioned it a little bit on, uh, in, in the beginning, we have a group internally in, in, in VMware and in the VMware TAMs that are getting their certifications. A lot of, a lot of people are maybe are new, they don't have their VCPs. So we have a good group right now. I think four or five have already gotten their VCP. Another person is going next week. And what we're going to do is at some point gather all those people and start doing what we used to do in the brown bag, which is like a study guide in video form for the VCP seven in this case. So we need to do it quickly because VCP eight is going to be a thing very, very soon. Right. So we're probably going to see uh, me coordinating that at some point. Awesome. Florida awesome. VMUG meet leaders that I want to, to shout out to uh, just to, to, to think about this as well. Dave Marrero, right? Up, up on stage as a member of the keynote. Now, just in a very short period of time, I would say within the last four or five years, Dave was uh, on leadership for Central Pennsylvania, which is the, the group that I'm uh, associated with as far as VMUG. And then Dave, obviously down in Florida now, and has worked his way up through 
the SE ranks and then over to uh, vSAN and then v vSAN leadership and whatnot. But to think that there's a member of the community, right, that we all know Dave's a great guy. He has just been within the last couple of episodes talking about vSphere 8 and announcements here on the community podcast. But what a great story of a local community VMUG leader in such a short pathway to go up and quantifiably, you know, see on stage uh, presenting uh, a major, major uh, BU keynote uh, yeah. at Explorer is just uh, it, it, absolutely it was, what a fantastic story. It was such a proud moment. He's, he's a fellow Costa Rican. So all the, we, you know, we always have a, a Latino breakfast at VMworld and we had the breakfast right before the keynote and i knew we knew that the keynote was going to happen so we were all rooting for him we were all very excited to to see him there it was such a proud moment you know uh, before we let you go i got to do a shout out to duck and epping who did a, an amazing v expert presentation about a week ago the corey ran and uh, i i was on live for that and i gotta say it was really cool to hear how he became who he is, which now he's like, you know, one of the, one of the most popular between him and uh, William Lamb. They are the two most popular content producer, influencer, you know, rate making. And my takeaway was he put in a ton of hard work to learn the content, then a ton of hard work to publish the content and then get around and talk to people sharing the content. So I took away you know, content is king, right? Like when it comes to, you know, you know, having something to deliver to the community, you know, build some good content and then give it to the community, right? And uh, they will reward you, right? So I thought that was a really interesting. Shout out to Duncan for having a great career and then putting a great presentation together that I think we had 150, you know, uh, influencers in there. I think actually Noel did the Influencer 100 group and it invited the Influencer 100, but I think Corey published that somewhere externally as well. So uh, shout out to him for doing that really fun if you haven't heard his presentation on that it's worth spending an hour listening to how he got yeah. where he was really cool yeah with that and, yeah. I'll, I'll give you another one which is amanda has done amanda blevins uh she has done a lot of hey how i went from se to i, I think by vice president now or she yeah i forget yeah right yeah, yeah but, definitely, but uh, she you know those those sessions are so good especially for people that have been in the community a while, that have been with VMware a while, thinking about their own careers, right? Right. right. What's next? Absolutely. What's yeah, the exactly. next thing? Yeah. With that, it's the end of the time. Thank you, Ariel, for being here. Great to catch up with you. And uh, good luck at doing your job and uh, meeting your quotas and doing everything you got to do. I'm sure we'll get, get you back up here in a, a year or two when you're uber wealthy and won't want to talk to us anymore. Oh, right? no, that, that, that will never happen. VP and CTO for Amanda. Sorry if I forgot her. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Everybody knows Amanda. We've had her on the show uh, maybe three or four episodes ago. It's great. Got to hear her story. All right. With that, it's time to go eat some barbecue. It's lunchtime here in California. Ariel, thanks a lot. Matt, as always, good to see you. We'll be back again next week as always. Talk to you then. <laughs>